Learn how to build a better sign and print shop from a few crusty sign guys who've made more mistakes than they care to admit. Conversations and advice on pricing, sales, marketing, workflow, growth, and more. You're listening to the Better Sign Shop Podcast with your hosts, Peter Kurunis, Michael Riley, and Bryant Gillespie. Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to our sponsor, GCI Digital Imaging, grand format printer to the trade. We talk a lot about outsourcing on the podcast and the importance of having good partners. And GCI Digital Imaging is a good partner to have. Owner TJ Bedact and his team focus on providing killer customer service, just the way grandmother used to make it. If you're interested in learning their approach to business, hop back into the archives to episode nine, where the guys and I interview TJ about customer experience. So if you're looking for a high quality trade printer for banners, wraps, and other printed graphics that your customers throw at you, check out GCI Digital Imaging at printgci.com. All right, guys, welcome to the next edition of the Better Sign Shop podcast. As always, I've got my colleagues, Peter, he's not here today. We've got the man himself, the sign design samurai, the sign chimichanga, Mike Riley. Happy New Year. I feel like we've got the new year, new nickname thing kind of on the horizon here. So I was hoping we'd leave the nickname in 2022, but I see it's was there, the end of the new year. Were there, was there one that you really liked that we could stick with or there was I feel not. like this, I feel like the search continues. Like the I, saw search somebody, continues. I saw somebody post on our YouTube channel the other day, like on the very first or second episode, they were like, Oh, Hey, I really like sign shop Spock. And <laughs> I don't know if we need to revisit that one or not. Yeah, maybe when we get some more guests, we can. I, I think we need to write that into the the guide for our guests. Like, come prepared with five nickname ideas for Mike. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I think that needs to be like a, a regular segment on the podcast. It's like a rapid fire. Give Mike a nickname. Yeah, like I'm open to getting roasted as well. I know that came up a couple calls ago. If I, if you want to take some heat off yourself there. Uh, uh, yeah, you do need a nickname too. I, I think you've kind of dodged that bullet. I'm not sure how that happened. I guess being the host, you can steer the conversation wherever you want, can't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. When it's <laughs> when it's your name on the dotted line, I guess you, you just kind of skate that. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. yeah, so what's new with you in the new year, my man? Oh, you know, just trying to survive. Had a great holiday and uh, a nice uh, nice new year. And um, made a bunch of New Year's resolutions I've already broken, like everybody has, I'm sure. We're what are we, two weeks into the new year here, and uh, not one is still standing on, on two legs. So, um, Do you care to awesome. share one? Like, what was... Yeah, yeah, no, totally, yeah. I, I was definitely going to eat healthier this year. That was the plan. But... I what had happened there? pizza from Taco Bell last night at 1 a.m. <laughs> For, like, the fifth time this year, so... <laughs> <laughs> And we're only twelve I, days into the year. I, I mean, if we were gonna stick with one nickname, like the burrito chimichang, like the sign shop Mexican food king, I don't, you know, I don't know. 
<laughs> you can buy Mike's two loves of Taco Bell and signage. <laughs> signage. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's like a sign coordinator position at you know, like Taco Bell corporate. Yeah, I don't know. There you go. God, that'd be my dream job. Designing Taco Bell signs. Holy shit. There you oh, go. Man, my head would explode. Uh, yeah, Taco so- Bell. When you do the next store rebrand, call this guy. <laughs> Hit me he, up. He, do, he does sign design for a living. Yeah. So what were the other ones? And I'll work for burritos. Um, gosh, let's see. Well, I was, I was I wanted to get in better shape. I, I said I was going to start going for a walk every day after dinner. But when you eat a Mexican pizza at 1 a.m., it's hard to go for a walk after that. So that resolution has just kind of like also fallen by the wayside. Those are the major ones, but I think those are probably everybody's and everybody can relate to that a little bit. I've got a few business related ones, you know, trying to put a little more focus and effort into, you know, some marketing this year and social media need to bring on an assistant to help me with some, some office tasks. So those are some, some resolutions I haven't even had a chance yet to like completely screw up and fall off the horse on. But one of these days I will. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Like you, you serve sign shops with your design work. But on the market, you know, like we talked about the importance of marketing, yet you basically do no marketing for your sign design business. <laughs> it's true. I'm, I, I am definitely a, um, not, not a practitioner of what I preach, I guess. Um, yeah, I do a little bit of marketing and, and I did put a little bit of effort into SEO and my website early last year, which definitely paid off. I mean, I get, I, I, I'm in such a weird niche market. I mean, I, I, there's not a large pool of potential clients out there for me anyway. There's only a handful of people that will, you know, really need my services around the country. So it's not like I'm getting, you know, 50 inquiries a day off of my website, but I do get a decent amount of business off of it from that. And, you know, I'm ranked generally number one or fairly high up in Google results when you search for terms surrounding what I do. So that I guess that counts as marketing, right? <laughs> and, you know, I occasionally throw a post up on my Facebook page for the business. But I think the last one I did was like in August or something. So but I need to, I, you know, we, we've been so busy that it's, yeah. it's so, and I, I think that's probably something that every small business owner, you know, it's a trap that we all fall into. Like you get so busy. I mean, we've talked about this on the marketing podcast episode we did. Like, it's just so easy to put that marketing stuff in the back burner because I'm busy right now. I don't really need any more clients. Therefore, I'm not really going to dedicate any brain power to it. And that's, that's where my new year's resolution comes in because obviously, you know, if you only market when you're slow and you need the work, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And, and, you know, I guess I've turned off the faucet. I think that was the, the term yeah, that Peter used on the episode is don't, you know, don't turn, don't off, the turn off the faucet. Yeah. So yeah. that's one of well, my I, big things this year. I'm sure all of our listeners can relate to that. Like I think every, almost every shop owner that we've ever talked to, like marketing, you say marketing and they're like, like, oh, are we doing marketing? Like, yeah. Yeah. Beyond the basics of having like a decent website, I feel like there's a lot of shops out there that aren't doing any marketing at all. So if that's on your resolution list for your business, don't let that slip. What we would both suggest, I th- I'm going to speak for both of us here, is you're probably not going to have the time to do it. Find somebody who could do it for you, outsource it, whether that's an agency or just an individual freelancer. Now's a good time to start that and start as small as you need to. Uh, that's the other big thing. You don't have to jump into like a $5,000 retainer to have somebody do your marketing monthly. Just start with one small piece. 
you know, maybe a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Or hire somebody to do your social media for you or something. You know, I, I mentioned this in the, the marketing podcast episode, but at my shop, when I actually still own a sign company and not just a designer, same boat, like, like it was so hard to ever do any marketing in house. And, and it, it's hard, I think for sign shop owners to accept and admit to themselves that we're not actually marketers where, you know, making signs is not the same thing as marketing. So it's, it's kind of one of those things where we feel compelled to try and do in house ourselves because we think we should be able to do it. But the reality is it's, it's probably not our strong suit and hiring a professional to do that is is usually going to pay pay off in the long run. We hired an outside marketing agency to handle a lot of our marketing efforts, and and man, was that ever a great investment! I mean, it, it really really paid off big time uh, for doing that. So I, I always recommend everybody just don't even try to do it in house. Get it off of your plate. Hire somebody you trust and you know that you can afford, and, and empower them to you know kind of take your brand and run with it. It'll, it'll come back to you for sure. I say that as I <laughs> don't do that myself anymore well you're gonna fix that right totally so what about you how how are you starting out waiting for that one man all right so i'm gonna date myself a little bit but six or eight ten years ago uh before my wife and i got together i was really heavy into power lifting uh i have since in the last two weeks thanks to some encouragement from my brother-in-law tried to get back into this. So it's been an interesting adventure to say the least. <laughs> like before I quit, I was, uh, I, I don't know the exact numbers and I, I'll just throw some out there. I don't, I'm sure there's people that <laughs> if, if you do lift in the audience, don't take me at face value here because my memory from seven, eight, ten 10 years ago is very fuzzy. But, you know, I think if my records, like personal records at the time were like three, maybe like 385 on the squat and like 435 on the deadlift. So not super heavy, nothing to be ashamed about though. But I started back, I'm like two weeks in at this point and my head still is back in that place. But <laughs> as, as you've experienced like 10 years <laughs> on, your body is not with you anymore. So I, uh, like I've been extremely sore, but also just like extremely frustrated mentally with just where I'm at, because there's kids that weigh, I don't know, probably 50 pounds less than me that are throwing up like 50, hundred pounds more than me when I look across <laughs> the gym at this point. And that's how Brian got hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the next episode, I will be wearing like a sling or a cast or something, <laughs> a back brace or something. Yeah. No, that's welcome to. I guess we'll call it middle age. I'm not going to call you an old man yet because you haven't crossed the forty threshold like me. But yeah, <laughs> it sucks, doesn't it? It's yeah. hard. I used to. I, I mean, I know exactly how that is. I I used to exercise and lift and. Uh, I was I was big into CrossFit for for years because I, I got really gung ho when I was right around thirty and decided I'm going to join a rugby team, a rugby league, and um, I got in pretty good shape. I was I was in pretty good shape. I, I wasn't quite throwing up the numbers that you were. I wasn't really quite just heavy powerlifting as much as more like you know training. But then I actually like went to a rugby game and was so scared. <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Hey>, that's. Uh... <laughs> That's definitely one of those before kids things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like 10 minutes into the game, like several people had lost teeth. 
and there, you know, blood everywhere. <laughs> like it was, I, I was shocked at how, like, like I knew violent, it was a, it was a violent rough sport, but wow. Yeah. So that's kind of when I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. And I slowed down on the, the exercising and working out a little bit. And yeah. And then actually just over between Christmas and New Year's, then I decided to carry a toilet up my stairs to my upstairs bathroom because I'm putting a new toilet in. And it, I, I had to, I had to stop for the rest of the day. Like I, I just lifting that toilet and carrying it upstairs nearly killed me. And I was like, I was done. That was it. So yeah, getting old and lifting heavy things, they don't really go hand in hand and it sneaks up on you. So don't, don't overdo it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, the, the biggest thing. Uh, just like we, we talked about just like on marketing just a minute ago, you got to start small, <laughs> start slow. So hey, I, I'm trying to uh, be mindful of that. Definitely. My wife is helpful as well. Uh, she's very good at nagging me into going to the gym. So that's, that's yeah. been helpful. I've got like my brother-in-law hooked me up with this four day a week program for the next six weeks. I'll just give a shout out to those guys. He's uh if you're into, if you like heavy metal and you like lifting weights, look at uh, deathcomeslifting.com. It's um, kind of their brand. He's one of the signature athletes or sponsored athletes, I guess you could say. You know, he just did a meet back in December where he set like some state records as an amputee against non-amputees. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pulling this yeah, up right definitely. now. Pretty yeah, I think their their tagline is "Fitness for the Misfits" or something like that. I think so. Uh, cool company, cool dude. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Fra- his uh, his name on there is Franken Jan. <laughs> clearly, they've got some good nicknames going on. Maybe we could take a page out of their book. Yeah, we need to study their their approach there. Well, that's awesome. Good luck. I hope that you a don't hurt yourself and b you know, get back into the groove and, and uh, see some gains there. I remember like I've, I've, my whole life I've started and stopped going to the gym. I've, you know, I've been a perpetual gym starter my, you know, my entire adult life. And man, like the first two weeks after you're back to the gym and you're especially like the day or two after like a heavy squat day, standing up off the toilet in the morning, it's like the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I'll, I'll say one more thing and then we'll get into like the actual topic today, but the like before probably like four or six weeks ago before i started getting into this i went to the gym with my brother-in-law and uh you know we've always been very competitive with each other in the past but but like the friendly competitive spirit um so i got in the gym you know i'm watching him lift and i was like okay like hey i'm gonna i'm gonna squat with you and i did the best i could and it like it definitely overdid and I, like, I could not walk for like three freaking days, like could not get up and down the stairs, like physically. Mm-hmm. And like, I was texting him and he was just laughing at me the whole time. And like, uh, like, Hey, thanks for coming. Thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's that, that's the worst. It go, It's weird. It goes away pretty quickly, but like the first one yeah, yeah. is just, it's brutal. Yeah. Oh man. It's bad. I don't envy yeah. you. Well, good so luck. I got to gotta shake off the, the cobwebs, but uh, so that leads us into the, the topic of today. I think I was working title for this one was like tech tech that saves you time. But, um, one of the topics, um, uh, that I've seen come up and again and again, this time of year over the last seven, 10, 15 years that, that I've been in this industry is systems, processes, I think I want to touch a little on shop management software today. 
because we've got the shop management software series that should be coming out pretty soon. I don't know how you feel about that, Mike. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. That's a, <laughs> that's a subject that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Give us, give us your, what's your shop management software origin story? Like, where did you guys start out with your old shop? Like, yeah. This is, this is like zooming back into the past here, but this is, this is flying way back in the past. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, you know, like every sign shop, you know, when you're smaller and you're starting out, everything's paper, everything's in your head and you don't really have any good systems or processes. But as we grew, obviously, like everybody does, they figure out that they need, figured out we needed something better than paperwork orders, you know, dry erase marker board, right? Systems like that, that are, that are that manual. It's, it's a recipe for losing track of things. Things are going to fall through the cracks. I mean, it's just, and it's not really anybody's fault. You can't blame any one particular human on that. It's just, it's just the nature of the business when you're busy and you're chasing paper, you're going to lose stuff. So we, you know, looked at everything under the sun and, and, and around that time was right when, when Signbox first came, became available on the market and, um, demoed it with our buddy, Kevin. And, uh, I thought it was amazing. I mean, it was like a game changer for, for us. Signbox was originally made for the Signorama franchise. And then eventually they, you know, they made some tweaks to it and, released it wide to to any sign shop and uh, i was i was like num customer number like two or three on signbox when it <laughs> came out i mean this was a long time ago and it was it was it was something for sure when it came out i mean it's it's it's, it's evolved dude, quite kevin, a bit from what it was kevin basically shisted both of us then at that point i know i was i was like customer number four or five on shopbox <laughs> yeah and i i found kevin on a post on Signs 101 about it, actually, too. I don't know if that's how you discovered him or not, but... Yeah, 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 100%. Um, I, it was a, yeah, we can, it all goes back to Signs 101. Yeah, so we, you know, we were with Signbox for a long time, and it was it was definitely um, an amazing program. When I when I sold the business, we were still using Signbox. Shopbox had... Actually, Shopbox wasn't a thing yet. It, it was still Signbox. They hadn't evolved it over into Shopbox yet, so that's what we used, and uh, it, was, it was great. I mean, it... Any any program like that, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, all, all of these programs have strength and weaknesses, but having something moving into any sort of system like that is better than not. And, you know, it's, it's something that I recommend every shop do. And if you're a one-man operation, like, get something because it's going to change your life for the better. It just, yeah. It's just a guarantee. I, I totally agree with you. I think if Peter were here, he would say the same thing. But in this day and age, um, especially with the like the current economic climate, you know, where everybody's kind of uncertain what's, what's going to happen. It, you know, it could certainly seem like a big expense of uh, a big investment. We'll say, I won't say an expense because it's definitely in the investment column. And, and some of them are fairly cheap that are out there. You could go with a non-industry specific software that will be even cheaper and you try to tie stuff together. But most of the investment is on the time side of things there. But it is 100% probably one of the smartest investments you'll make in mm -hmm. your business. And that's, it's like, that's a really important topic or, or point. I think that needs to be beaten like a dead horse a little bit as it is an investment. It's not an expense. And, you know, you and I have been through, I'll say the ringer <laughs> with, <laughs> with these programs. And we've talked to a lot of people who 
their mentality about it is an expense. You know, that's why they see it. They see it as a, it's going to cost them money and they drag their feet and they, you know, all, you know, three ninety nine a month or $500 a month or whatever, whatever the cost for whatever app you're looking at is. They just, you know, they immediately shut down when they hear a price like that. Even a small one man shop. I mean, it's, there's no denying that $500 a month for, for a one man operation. It's not inexpensive, right? It's, but it only takes one lost order that you've got to eat per month to, to more than cover that. The efficiency that these these programs create for your shop is definitely it's it's next level, and and that's that's where you you make that money up. That's where it becomes an investment. I mean, you're 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 going to you're going to make that money back multiple times over every month, and just the amount of time that you save, not tearing the office apart trying to find a work order that slipped between two desks or something. You know, I mean, it's it, it, it's absolutely an investment in in time and efficiency that that will pay back you know many times over. I and, I and I always cringe when everybody anybody you know drags their feet on it based on price alone, and, and they say, "Ah, that's just too much money for me to spend every month." Oof. You got to yeah, spend we, money to make we, money, guys. We heard that argument a lot. Yeah, yeah. It, it, like I, I always, I do I like. I heard you say, "Spend money to make money." I hate that saying, but in this case, it's it's true. It's, it's, it's definitely true in this. Case. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't like it. But like <laughs> sometimes it needs to be said though. And this is one of those cases where it's, it's money well spent for sure. Yeah. So the next thing that I want to say is if you're in this mode right now, you're looking for shop management software. Like the, the biggest thing that I could tell you is you're not going to find a perfect system. Mm-hmm. So uh, at this point in my career, I, I can't tell you how many thousands of hours I've invested into this specific category of software, both in the shop previously, you know, I've spent thousands and thousands of hours like scouring the internet before these things were a little more visible than they are now uh, doing demos with sales reps on everything from web to print to MIS, you know, it was all it's like the wild, wild west kind of 10 years ago. Uh, like anybody was calling themselves anything and you had to no screenshots on the website. You had to sit through demos and endure hour long conversations with sales reps before you can even get a look at the product. So it's exactly the same as it is. <laughs> In some aspects. Yeah. I've always hated that part of no screenshots, but there to emphasize, there is no one perfect solution and to, to get, to invest too much time in this is not going to pay you back in returns. So yeah, <laughs> do your due diligence. Definitely uh, look at your available options out there. You know, we're going to cover those in our shop management series, but you know, once you get to pick one, that's good enough and get going with it and don't delay trying to wait for the perfect system or, or it having the perfect functionality. You know, figure out what it is your your core set of things that you need for your shop are, and a lot of those should be shared across most of the audience. Uh, but figure out what those are, which solution best fits that, and go for it. Pull the trigger. Yeah, that's a that's another really good point. I mean, that's that's something that I think you and I have battled quite quite extensively in a former life. Is is the argument? Oh, well, this isn't exactly the way we do things. Uh, this isn't ex- this isn't quite how I I would do it. I mean, I've seen people cancel Shopbox because they don't like the format of the invoices, right? Like everything else is great and it's making a huge improvement in their, their business, but eh, this doesn't look the way I want it to look. Therefore, this isn't a good product. And we're talking about off the shelf canned 
programs that aren't custom built to your business. And, and, and there are no two sign shops. I can say this with a hundred percent absolute certainty because I've been in hundreds of sign shops and worked with hundreds more owners in my life. There are no two sign shops on the planet that do things exactly the same way. There's a lot of similar overlap and everybody's kind of working towards the same goal, but process standpoint from an operation standpoint, every sign shop is going to operate a little bit differently. And when you're looking at off the shelf software that wasn't customized to your shop, you're going to have to make some concessions to it. You're going to have to bend the way you operate a little bit to make it drop and fit into that, that program. If you don't, you're going to have a hell of a time getting to work and, and, you know, implemented your employees are going to hate it. I mean, it it requires flexibility and it requires you being just a little bit on the realistic side and, and accepting that you may have to adjust you know, your procedures a little bit to, you know, to fall more in line with the way whatever program you're looking at works. And if you do that, if you're willing to do that, you'll, you'll have a much easier time implementing it and, and it'll definitely work better for you than if you try to bend it to your will, which doesn't really work that well. Yeah. I I think the best way to look at it is like a marriage, right? (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah. Like you're, you're shopping around, like you're going through this process, like the courtship and then, you decide, hey, here's our shopping software. around. Just shopping around. Yeah, we should I mean, put the I mean, address where people can send hate mail at the end of the year. I'm gonna have to make sure Ashley doesn't listen to this one. Um, yeah, but yeah, basically, like you make that commitment, and like you can either fight your wife on everything in your marriage. <laughs> uh, or you know, go with the flow, and definitely compromise that's it secret to successful use of shop management and marriages everywhere it's a secret of life so i i think you know what let's take a step back and let's just kind of like what are the options for a shop out there of hey we're we're dead focused on improving systems and processes we've identified that we need a system in place to help us operate and, and keep things on track. What are the, are the options for our shop operating system? Maybe that's what I'll retitle this one. You know, your shop operating system. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I like we've that, got, word, that name actually. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that too. So we've got off the shelf industry specific software, right? We've got two, which would be stuff like Trello or, uh, Monday.com, Asana, Basecamp. How many of these have we ran into over the years? Thousands. You know, kind of your project management software, CRM software, and you try to bolt all these things together. Or you've got door number three, the really fun and expensive door, building your own solution. Mm-hmm. Do, have I got all the bases covered there? I think you've got all the bases covered, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty much, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, where do you and, want, and, where and do you usually think we should like, start. Well, I mean, if you're if you're moving to if you're if you're thinking about this topic in general, and you think, okay, I, I need something, I would say chances are pretty good you're probably already using or at least have tried like some of the generic off the shelf, you know, like you said, like Trello or Monday.com or one of one of those. I mean, I I know a lot of shops have at least trialed those those apps to see if they would work, and you know they've you know. They've heard other other shops are using Trello, so let's check it out and see. I'd say we start there because those are the easiest ones to to pick on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I, I'll be the fun fact guy. Like I even built, I think I put together like a sample Trello board once upon a time that people can download and copy 
I'm not sure if that's still on the site somewhere, but somebody will Google it and find it. But yeah, that's that's where a lot of start shops start out down this journey with Trello or or something else. What are your? I know you're a you're a huge Trello fan. So like, what's your take on this for like a sign shop? Yeah, I I love Trello. Well, I love Trello on one hand, right? Like it's it's very limiting in some areas, but what it does, it does really well. I mean, if you've never seen Trello, it's just kind of a a drag and drop card based system and you can it's it's super easy to customize you can put together your own job boards and kind of flow workflow for different types of work i think trello is fantastic if if you haven't looked at trello in a few years i recommend people take another look at it in the last couple of years they've made some really really impressive improvements to it and functionality it has a lot more automations built into it now you know and if you gang trello up with you know a few other apps you know using something like like zapier to string them all together you can you can bang out a pretty a pretty functional little job management system. The bad thing about Trello, what I don't like about it, is it's everything's manual. There's no automations really for like moving a job from point A to point B, keeping things moving forward. Um, so it's basically like think of a your old school paperwork order system where that paperwork order follows the job around the shop, and you've got to physically you know hand it to the next person. Trello is very much just an electronic version of that. You got to manually move it to the next step. And so for a large, busy shop, I think that's where Trello or really any of these off the shelf apps are going to break down. It's just the fact that they, they lack some of that sign industry specific automation that we require. But I think if anybody's looking for like a starter solution and they, they, you know, they don't want to spend a fortune and they don't want to move to, you know, one of the, the big industry specific programs, I always recommend people start with Trello. And I think you can, you can make Trello work for at least a few years as you grow until it's ready to graduate to something bigger. I support that hundred percent. I, I think hey, like you got to start somewhere and there's a lot of things that you, you don't know at the beginning. Uh, and this was, I think this was like the gospel when we were at the former software company. <laughs> uh, that Like you got to start somewhere and you know, if you spend a ton of time like analyzing and uh, putting together and researching and, and trying to create this perfect workflow that we've already told you does not exist, by the time you get done and you launch that thing, the market has shifted, your team has shifted, like the assumptions that you had at the very beginning, you find out were later wrong. So Trello is, is like a super low barrier to entry. The same with some of these other ones. Like we could substitute Trello for monday.com or asana or, or, or some of those other ones like they all have similar functionality the biggest piece that i think they're missing is probably like the database of like hey here's all of our customers here's all of our contacts how do all these things relate and that's that's the advantage that you get with some of the other systems um, right. But, but is there, are there any other pros, cons you can think of for like Trello or these off the shelf generic tools? Well, I, I mean, there's a lot of cons to them and, and, and that's mostly just because they are generic and off the shelf. And so they require you as the user to essentially to build the tool yourself, right? Like you sign into Trello, it's not going to be set up for you or, or Airtable or anything like that. Like none of these apps are going to be ready to go for any sign oh, company. Yeah, I forgot Airtable as well. Yeah, I love Airtable too. I, I'm, I'm surprised <laughs> you forgot about Airtable. You're like an Airtable guru. Uh, yeah, true. Airtable. Yeah, yeah if, you, if you've never seen Airtable, I recommend looking at it because it kind of like combines. It does like give you the database. Yeah, yeah, it's a database. You get sort of like an Excel-style database, but you also get a drag-and-drop card view 
just like Trello has. So Airtable's got a lot of advantages. And honestly, if I were to like, so Trello is like at the very bottom as far as like basic functionality goes, right? And it's really cool. And what it does what it does better than anything on the market for sure. But it's very, very basic and simple where, and like you said, there's no database attached to it. So there's no, no list of your customers or, you know, any of that stuff. I think if you wanted to step up in functionality, yeah, Airtable is like probably where I would go. And I agree with that. I, I totally forgot about Airtable. You know, I've been neck deep in something else here lately, but, <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've made thousands of dollars doing Airtable and Zapier, Trello, Pipedrive consulting. So mm-hmm. yeah, Airtable is a great solution. It's, it's basically a build your own app. So if you are the tinkerer type, it's perfect for you. You know, if you're a, a small shop and you've got opinionated ideas on how you want to run things, Airtable is nice because it does let you build it your way. Obviously, you want to start with like a a good foundation there. And and again, I think I might have even built like a sample or something to share maybe within our community. I'll see if I can dig that up and include it in the show notes, just like a starter template for Airtable to get you some kind of base functionality out of it. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Airtable's I feel like Airtable is overlooked by a lot of people, and I'm not sure why that is. But really, you can you can really build some a pretty powerful little app in Airtable, and 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 it it drops into the sign industry fairly well. I mean, a lot of the way Airtable operates is is kind of in line with the with the way the sign company a sign company would operate. So you can really make it flow pretty well for, yeah. for an average I, sign shop. I, I think their Trojan horse is like the spreadsheet view. It's like a mm-hmm. it looks exactly like Excel, but it's a, a full fledged database. Mm-hmm. So it enforces like, hey, if this is a, a number field, you got to stick a number in there and it won't let you do anything else. Or if this is a, a like a customer name, like you got to pick from the existing customer list type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then the other nice thing, they do have an API as well, which makes it easy if if you're trying to create some custom wild stuff, as I've done for clients in the past, uh, which is both interesting and also comes with its own drawbacks, but it does have that API available. Yeah, you actually you put one together for me that was a little above my my pay grade as far as integrations go. I remember that, and I um, you know I had a kind of a job board sort of list of all the database of all my customers, and then all my active jobs. And then when I was done with the job, you set up an integration where I could click a button and it would automatically send all the data over to QuickBooks and create an invoice for me automatically over there. Which was awesome because it saved a huge amount of time. Because obviously in Airtable, there's no accounting or anything built into it. So having to manually like copy and paste or transcribe that job information over into an invoice in QuickBooks is tedious for me because I in a month could do a hundred jobs. Yeah. You know, and that's the, you know they're all small jobs that it's it's a lot of copying and pasting into QuickBooks where otherwise I could just hit this button and it just shoots it right over and and I'm done. Save me an insane amount of time. I stopped using it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> <laughs> greener pastures, greener pastures. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, but it was it was great. I loved it. It was fantastic until I found this other app that I'm using that that is actually purpose built for what I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it, there's so much you can do in Airtable, and I, I think you and I just scratched the surface with what you did for me. But and and it does have a powerful API that really allows you to to like I said, string multiple apps together to really build a, a pretty functional, all inclusive tool. So yeah, yeah, I'd say Trello and then Airtable, and then the next leap. Hey, let's do these in order of like investment, I guess. So let's move to industry specific off the shelf software. I want to say if like custom for the end, because, because the, I think that conversation is going to be pretty short. <laughs> Customs expensive and you're going to end up with a carbon copy of what's already on the market. <laughs> We've seen it happen. Seen it. Happen. Um, All right. 
So yeah, industry absolutely. specific software. If we go sign industry focused, we've got Shopbox, you've got Corebridge, Sirius, Sign Tracker, Sign Tracker, Square Coil, Square Coil, Coil, which um, used to be called VSign. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So Square Coil, Corebridge, Sirius, Shopbox, Sign Tracker, Estimate. What are we missing? I I don't know. Hey, like half of those haven't been updated in the last five years, I would argue. (laughs) Estimate. Specifically, uh, yeah, I, like you and I both love that program as ancient as it is. <laughs> I, I think Estimate's an awesome program for what it is. It's fairly affordable. It's not very expensive. It takes a little bit of time to set up, but it's not very complex to set up. Um, Estimate lacks any any real like job management, job tracking functionality. It's really more for pricing. It's more of a pricing, you know, calculator type program. But and it's and it is dated. Like, and I don't mean this offensively to the folks at Estimate. I hope they're not listening to this. I mean it. It's definitely in need of like a UI update, but a damn it, if it ain't the, the most like user friendly, like powerful pricing. little sign pr- pricing software I've ever seen. Like it is just brilliant in the way it works, and I will go to my grave like being a, a an estimate cheerleader because it's it's a great little app for what it is. It's not a if you're looking for like a, an all inclusive like shop management like a, like a true ERP you know enterprise resource management type program. It is not. It's not going to be estimate, right? Like it's 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 a yeah, very yeah. specific little thing. But like, yeah, and maybe that's where we need to go next. Is kind of qualify this, right? Like some of these do. Well, all these things have their strengths and weaknesses, but mm-hmm. like what you need to clarify for yourself on shop management software, MIS, ERP, whatever you want to call it, is like which of those pieces within within that are most important to you? Is it you know, hey, I need something that will allow us to get estimates out the door quicker. You know, is pricing like the biggest thing or is order management, job management kind of the biggest piece or, you know, is it something else like proofing or collaboration? You know, but it, usually by far, like the two biggest buckets that we've saw or we've seen were what pricing and man- like job, job, job management. management. Yeah. 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 And, and if, if it, a lot of shops, I mean, I've seen a lot of shops that really have like the production management side dialed down or they're, they're comfortable using paper work orders and dry erase boards. And that's okay. If you are, I don't, you know, we're not here to tell you that that's not okay. And a lot of shops just need to solve the pricing problem only and, and estimates, a, you know, it's a pretty slick little tool for that, but, but, you know, moving up from estimate into something that's, you know, a little more, a little more robust would probably be, what, what do you think? Sign tracker? I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I haven't looked at Sign Tracker Tracker specifically in the last six months. Like usually, I try to keep up to speed on all these mm-hmm. and keep tabs on everybody and like what progress they're making. I know like Sign Tracker has the estimating, it has like some job management features. I don't know how deep those go, and that's yeah, that's the other reason for this shop management series that we're planning is is not just for all the community members to kind of get a an unbiased look at all these tools but also for me to stay up to speed things move fast so yeah yeah totally for sure yeah sign tracker is pretty popular i know seems like a lot of people use it it's been a while since i've looked at it as well i looked at it for running my design business and it's really geared more towards production oriented places so it wasn't a good fit for me 
but people seem to like it. I can't remember though if it has how much it has in the way of like estimating and stuff built into it versus more just production management. But I know it's not like a like as as fully featured and robust as some of the other you know true ERP systems out there. Yeah, and you may not need that depending. Yeah, on it, it, yeah, maybe perfect for you. I, I know a lot of guys that are on the you know the smaller side, maybe under ten employees, that just really need more of a, a really good way to track jobs through the shop and move away from paper. Seem to really enjoy using Sign Tracker for that. So yeah, all right. Then we've got what Sirius. Should we like Sirius? That was like one of the first ones that I experimented with back in the day. Sirius is old school. They've been around for a while. And and they got bought out by Corbridge at one point. I'm not even sure. Are they still selling Sirius? Number one. Maybe we should look up that before we start talking about it. They've moved completely to to their cloud-based version. So Sirius for a long time was a, an MS access database program that you had to install locally on a server and use. And I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of using it or not, but the original uh, yeah, version we was... we set it up. It was... Sirius SMS? Yeah. SMS <laughs> or control? It did a lot. It was a powerful program, but it was difficult to use. It was clunky because it had to be installed on a server. And I remember you know. sitting through the demo of... I still remember it to this day, and this has been like 10, 12 years ago. They're like sitting through the demo, and I'm like, shit, this does everything we need. Like all our worries are eased at this. And then I spent two and a half hours the first day trying to get SQL Server set up and running correctly. And then I was I spent an hour on the phone with tech support, uh, not knocking the product, but the installation process just totally turned us off of it. And then the, like the usage, like, if my boss and I were into it, but the rest of the team, we failed to get on board with it, uh, or they failed to get on board with it, just just because of the uh, the robustness of it, I guess, and it, kind mm-hmm. of the interface wasn't really helping things either. Yeah, and I, I can't speak to the new version, the the cloud version they call Control. I, it, I, I it's, believe it's it, so. It's it's not actually cloud. The database is in the cloud. The application is still running on your computer. So that's how it works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would put Sirius in the, like, Hey, it's an option, but like off in the quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, still popular. Uh, yeah. Functionality wise. Yeah. Sirius definitely, you know, it, it church works, it up, it. Mike. So we don't get those cease and desist. Yeah. That's numbers. what I'm trying to do. Just shut your mouth for a second. Okay. Stop talking, Brian. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I used it extensively at one point, and it, it, from a pricing standpoint, it works really well. I mean, it, it's a little old school in the way the calculator and it works, but you can definitely set it up to run some pretty complex calculations and do some pretty pretty complicated quotes in it. It's just, you're right, it's clunky. It's The user interface is in desperate and even update. It's a little outdated now. I definitely felt like the you know the production management side of Sirius was on the light side. I don't think it really, it was also very manual. And which which I think opens the door for some things to go sideways on you, but I don't, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't count Sirius out as a contender either. I mean, I, it just depends on what your needs are. Yeah, go back to your needs, not not our right. needs, not what everybody else needs. Right, and, and, and especially and not. Oh, go ahead. I was. I think it's really important that people understand too that Bryant and I like we eat, breathe, sleep, shop management, sign software. Like this is this is. And more so for Bryant than me, but for both of us, I mean, this was very much like our entire lives. And, and so we look at this stuff with a more critical eye than some people do. And we're going to, we're going to pick things like the user interface apart and like, oh man, that button should be over there. And this is a terrible shade of gray and stuff like that. So our, 
you know, take take our opinions with a grain of salt as well. I think that's really software important. snobs. Yeah, we, we are. We are. We are huge, huge software snobs, and we need to admit that to ourselves and to our audience right now. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right. So I think that brings us into like the next batch, and I want to like I want to group Square Coil into this one, but I don't know enough about Square Coil. I I. I I've seen demos of it when it was vSign. I don't know enough about it. Uh, that's one I look forward to learning more about because I, I saw some people bragging on it. And and to be fair, like in all of the sign industry Facebook groups, there's people bragging on each one of these solutions uh, that I've seen. Uh, but again, you've also got to kind of take that with a grain of salt because the, yes, it's a sign industry Facebook group, but just because Joe says it's a, a great software and it changed their shop for the better doesn't mean it's going to be the right solution for you. So right. let that be the overarching theme of this conversation is none of these are perfect. None of them ever will be. Find out which one works well for you. So yeah. moving up into that next tier, we have Shopvox. I'll put CoreBridge in the same light. And and I think I'm looking at Square Coil on Raleigh right now. I mean, it... it it looks like they've made some pretty pretty hefty improvements to it since the last time I looked at it. I definitely think that that Square Coil is going to be a contender in that in that realm too, which would be. I don't know important. if I see. Yeah, I've got the website up. I don't know if I see anything like sales lead tracking or, or like opportunities on the like the front end to manage the the sales funnel, but uh, I see purchase orders and inventory and costing and all that stuff. So for the sake of this call, we'll we'll put those all in the same kind of bucket there. Yeah, I think that's more of like where you start getting into, you know, an in the weeds feature set comparison where, you know, one might have more of a front end CRM type functionality where the other one is, you know, heavier on the back end or something. But looks like they have inventory, document storage, which is nice, photo storage. So, yeah, I, I think I think Square Coil definitely is something that people should should, should take a, a long, hard look at and, and consider heavily. And then uh, Shotvox and CoreBridge. CoreBridge, yeah. So let's start with CoreBridge for the longest time. They were obviously our biggest competitor there at the, at Shopvox. And and just so we're clear, these opinions are are Mike's and mine alone. Uh, We're no longer affiliated with any of these companies, but uh, CoreBridge, I know here's what I know about CoreBridge. They've got a new version in the works. I don't know if it's released yet or not, I saw a preview of it in Las Vegas back in October. I I liked the interface. There was plenty of white space. I don't know why that's a requirement on my shop management software list, but it is. I, I think that's an important point because you, you mentioned a second ago that you had a heck of a time getting your employees at your shop to buy into the serious because like like whatever program you choose, it's got to be easy for the users to to get in there and do their job in. And if, if it's so complicated and the screen is so cluttered with crap that, you know, your, your dude running your, your wide format printer, just, he can't get in there and see what he needs to do and easily and quickly find the information he needs. Then you get a pretty big problem on your hand. And that's, I mean, that's something that we saw quite often with, with Shopbox users as well as they had a hard time getting, employee buy-in on the system because it was, you know, set up too complicated or, or for whatever reason. But if your staff isn't willing to use the program, I mean, if they're just like, you know, if it's a mutiny <laughs> because it's too complicated for them, then you definitely need to go back to the drawing board for sure. So that, I think the cleanliness of the user interface, the ease of na- you know navigation is, is a 
a really critical part in the decision making process in this because you know it's it's got to be user friendly not just to the person setting it up but to you know the people on the shop floor that are going to use it too yeah and actually actually yeah. more so for them i mean it, it doesn't really matter how how hard it is for you to set it up you, you know once it's set up it's set up it needs to be you know the top priority needs to be ease of use once it's in action i agree yeah i like it. i didn't Imagine we'd be weaving tips into this as we were going through the list, but yeah, that's, that's like tip number one is like, bring your employees into this search process. Like who are your key employees that are going to be like leading their departments inside the software? Because again, it's a, a marriage. You're going to be in it for a while until you decide to annul or divorce or just Whatever. call the cease and desist letters. Send them <laughs> um, but yeah, it involve the key employees in that decision and, and give them, you know, ultimately it's your shop. You've got to make that call and they've got to get in line with that, but you know, involve them in that process and get their feedback throughout the process. Because again, the last thing you want is to invest three months of your time, six months of your time. We've had, you know, we've, Worked with shops that took twelve months or more to get something like this implemented, and then they the, launch it, and then like everybody refuses to use it. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. that's the last thing that you want. You've been paying yeah. monthly or you know upfront whatever you pay twenty thirty thousand dollars, and then you get into the software and nobody wants to use it. So mm-hmm. involve those key people in that decision making process on the front end, and that way, even if they you don't go with the one that they choose or they thought was the best fit at least they felt they've had a say in it and you know, they've been involved in the process, which, you know, hearkening back to that episode with Jeff Sherman, that was like the biggest thing, you know, that was one of the reasons why he left his previous employer was he just felt like he wasn't being listened to anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really important. Don't, don't just drop this on your employees. Like, Hey, surprise, (laughs) guess what? That's, it's definitely a way to, alienate employees and make them feel not important, not part of the bigger picture. And this, you know, this is, this is a tool that they're going to have to use. So it, it is, it is important that they are able to use it and, and understand it and, and are comfortable with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of the screenshots here at Corbridge. It looks like they've made some, some really nice improvements to this. since the last time I saw it as well. Uh, it looks like a really nice user interface. Seems like it's got some great reporting. Did you find yeah. the new version? I don't know if this is the new version or not. I'm just looking on their website. I can't tell if okay. it's, it's been a while since I've looked at Corbridge, at least a year or two. Yeah. So it, I'll it make sure we link like out to all these in the show notes as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then we got Shopbox. Of course, we got to talk about that one. Shopbox is, as I mentioned earlier, it's been around for a while. It was, it was, I, I think Sirius was probably the first, you know, app like this to hit the market, but not long after Signbox and then Shopbox came out. So Shopbox has had a long history in the industry. It is, you know, Brian and I, obviously, because we were both employees of Shopbox for a long time, we know it extremely well, better than the other programs. And we can definitely say, I think, with, I, I, I think it's a great program. I mean, you know, like anything, it's not without its problems, but it is definitely purpose built for the sign industry. You know, a lot of what you see in Shopbox is 100% user, you know, user driven as well. So it, it's a it's a pretty good end to end you know solution for sure. What are your thoughts on it, Brian? I'll give it two thumbs up. Man. Like, yeah, I, and I, I will say like, I invested a lot of time in Shopbox. obviously like you can't unlearn that type of thing or like 
as it is hard for me to detach some of those like personal feelings from some of it, but those things aside, it's a, it's a pretty good piece of software, you know, the, where they're at now. Uh, let's, let's talk about that. That's probably a, a little better conversation is, you know, they've got the express version, which is, you know, mostly for smaller shops, you know, the job management features aren't as robust as the pro version, but the express version does have a nice redesign user interface. So if, if user interface is high on the list for you, the express version is worth a look. Uh, as much as I know right now, the pro version of Shavox is still on the older interface. And every time I talk to the team or, uh, you know, see email newsletters, the, the new version of pro is still in the works. I don't know if they're selling that to customers yet. I think the new version, I think they're migrating people to the new version now. And I think there are some people that are on it. I think, I think like version 1.0 of the new version is, is pretty stable and up and running now. I don't know if you went to their website and said, Hey, I want Shopbox pro, which version you're going to get of pro. Do you know, is it the, the new one or I think it's all new one now. I think people are okay. getting the new one. I think, I think a lot of like the more like, like inventory and stuff like that. I think some of those features are still being worked on. So some of the features aren't available in new pro yet, but I believe like the basic core functionality is now, is now on the new UI. That's my understanding, but I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't work there anymore. So what do I know? <laughs> um, We're both just guessing here, which could be dangerous. Yeah. For the podcast, but, I mean, at the end of the day, like the functionality is the same regardless of what the user interface looks like, and, and yeah, yeah, all, all the features are the same. Yeah, yeah. Shopbox's pricing engine is really good. It is a learning curve to the pricing engine, and I think that's probably true of all of these. But you know, there's a little bit of a, a learning curve to getting your product set up and functioning the way you want them. But it is extremely powerful. You can really you can do a lot with it. There are some limitations to it, like like there will be with anything. But um, you know, if you're if you're good at writing like Excel style Excel style formulas. You know, you can you can really open up a whole other world of functionality and from a pricing side of things. The Shopbox does a really a pretty good job of tracking production as well. It's a little more automated than some. It, take this comment with a grain of salt because it's been a while since I've looked at the others. But but I, I definitely think that Shopbox has a, a bit of a leg up on the competition from a production tracking standpoint. Um, just the way their their workflows work and everything is is pretty slick. You know, for, for my shop, it was a game changer. It really helped keep everybody on the same page. And that was, you know, the feedback I got from a lot of our users as well. It's not perfect. I mean, there's some scheduling is kind of difficult in, in Shopbox. If you want to really want to break out and, and, and like, you know, schedule each individual production operation that a job will go through from start to finish. Definitely. But, but I, 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 I'm hesitant to say that's really Shopbox's fault. And I'm going to blame that just on the industry. Again, as I said earlier, every shop does things a little bit differently. There's not, you know, one industry standard consistent way that every single shop schedules their work or breaks out their work and, and distributes it out. So Shopbox Google has calendar. A, Google Google calendar. Google Calendar. Google Calendar, yeah. <laughs> so they, they've got a... Yeah, yeah. If, right, you, if you're mean, using Outlook, just stop the call right now. Like, yeah, we don't. Just plant that flag. <laughs> go away. <laughs> Um, so, you know, it, it, again, like there's, 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 there's going to be some give and take with all these apps for sure. And, and you just have to go into it with realistic expectations of what, you know, what a piece of software can actually do and what, what you still need to do outside of it. Like, you know, maybe you do need to schedule on a calendar or something, you know, Google calendar instead of, of using the, the, the shop boxes built in scheduling functionality. But yeah. All I right. Think, Let's go to the final tier. And then, and then I want to back up and do like some, 
I want to like have you give your advice and I'll like give a couple of nuggets on choosing and implementing shop management software. But the next tier, what like, and you like building a custom solution, like having a developer build you a custom solution. Maybe you've got an in-house developer that you're thinking of building your own solution. The final word on this is going to be no, basically. That's the end of story. Uh, I will I will put like an asterisk beside it. The only way that you should consider this is if you are already on one of these programs, like we've just discussed, like Shopbox, CoreBridge, Sirius, whatever, and you are hitting the limitations of that, and you have sat down and thought about what functionality you need out of the next system, and you have a detailed list of here's everything that we need. You've, you've thought through all of these things and you have a budget to back that up. Uh, the budget range that you're looking at is going to be $125,000 ish on the low end to half a million dollars on the high end, maybe even more. You know, I'd, I'd hesitate to put a cap on it because it, I'm sure somebody like signs 365 or some of these other like large trade printers have built all these systems from scratch. And, you know, you've seen how kind of slick their website is. I'm sure their back end is just as impressive, you know, hey, like if millions and millions of dollars in this. Yeah. It, it, and we've been that we've, we've had several Shopbox users that decided they're going to build their own system. And we had several that were trying to build their own system and threw their hands up and said, screw this. We're just going to buy something off the hey, shelf. Come, come back the other way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, it is like, like those numbers that Brian is throwing out are not an exaggeration. They, they do not underestimate how complicated that project is. It's, it's not like, Hey, I'm going to build a spreadsheet that, you know, calculates some prices for me. I mean, there's a lot of functionality there and it's a, it's an enormous project. that's going to take a number of people, a lot of time to get done and it's going to cost you a fortune. Now, if you're a huge shop that's doing 10, 20, plus a million dollars a year in sales or your, you know, your Yesco or something like that, where you've got deeper pockets than Walmart, you, you can justify that cost. And it's probably money well spent for you because of, you know, an operation of that size, they need custom software that's dialed in for exactly the way they operate. They, you know, trying to use an off the shelf system and adapt to that is just, is really not an option when you're operating at that level. But I mean, let's be honest, probably the president of Yesco is not listening to this podcast and, and is probably you know, not looking at Shopbox anyway. Average average sign company owner, if you're if you're under ten million a year in sales, while it may seem like a viable option to you, it's not. And don't you know, just get it out of your mind right now. Like it's not going to happen. I, I've I've got some firsthand experience with this as well. I know a shop that operates in that ten million dollar range who has been trying to have a custom system built for them for years and years and years now, and they demoed Shopbox and they felt like, you know, this is just too cheap for what we need. This can't do what we need because it's not expensive enough. And and they've invested well into the six figures on a custom software system that doesn't even come close to the functionality of Shopbox. So like, you know, tread lightly. Yeah. It, yeah. And if you do get like you talk to a developer and they quote you something stupid, like $20,000 to build this run like you better, you, yeah you better run like it you're gonna like you may spec it out for them and they'll tell you twenty thousand dollars i promise you like if any of the founders of these other companies were on the call with us and they told you how much they've invested in the development of these platforms like shopbox or corebridge or 
sign tracker, what have you. It's going to be way more than thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> so, if yeah. you get if you get a stupid quote like that, uh, run. Yeah. So, build your own custom software. No, unless you're over ten million dollars in annual revenue, and then think about it. That's going to be even the, then. I think I think yeah. even then it's a stretch. Yeah. That's going to be the the better side shop line in the sand there. All right. So kind of pulling around to wrapping this up, Mike, what would be like your top one, two, three gotchas or tips or advice? Like if if somebody is like shopping this arena right now, they're thinking about, you know, switching systems or implementing a system where they have none or they're trying to go from Trello to something else, whatever. Like what's your, what's your hall of fame advice in this? All right. Okay. Number one, and I, we, we already beat on this a little bit, but be realistic with your expectations and be prepared to compromise a little bit because we are talking about off the shelf software that wasn't built for your shop. So you're going to have to be willing to bend a little bit. You're going to have to be willing to step back and look at your processes and systems and the way you operate and tweak those and adjust them so that they work more in line with whatever program that you choose. That's that's like a given. That's number one. If you're unwilling to do that, then this whole endeavor is going to be a failure for you. Like I can tell you that with 100% certainty right now. If you're unwilling to compromise, don't even bother. Just don't waste, don't waste your time. Don't waste these software companies' times because it's it's going to be a bad outcome for everybody involved. That's that's number one, like 100%. And that was, I think, the biggest battle that that at least I faced when, when I, you know, was implementing shop box for shops all day, every day was that, that, that owners just, they, they had it in their head that it's got to be this way and this way exactly. And if it doesn't do it that way, then this is the program that's junk and I'm not going to use it. And that's, that's, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I'm going to um, jump on there and say accountants as well. Oh, and then I'm, I'm just going to get a whole new crew of people hating on this. <laughs> you know what? Let's let the accountants send all the hate mail they want because they need to be kept out of this discussion 100%. Like, guys, look at me. Don't get your accountant involved in this discussion. Don't bring them involved. Don't bring them into this. All of these programs that we're talking about are going to be fine from an accounting standpoint. 100%. Every one of them works fine from an accounting standpoint. If they didn't, they wouldn't be on the market. It might not be exactly the way your accountant likes to do things. A lot of accountants have trust issues with apps that are sending data from the app into QuickBooks or something, and they freak out about it. But if your accountant has that big of a problem with it, to hire a new accountant, like just full stop, get them out of there because they're not doing you any good. They're like, they're the biggest nightmare to deal with when it yes. comes to these programs under the sun. I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. I and mean, Brian and I have dealt with this a lot and your accountant will be your worst enemy <laughs> and your biggest nightmare of these programs if you let them. But yeah, yeah. Like avoid that. So no accountants, be realistic about it. Um, gosh, what, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I, I, to me, those are that's like the biggest one is just being right, realistic I'll, about what I'll I'll go, do. and then if you think of something else. Yeah, let me think about some more while you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, number one on my list is going to be 100% complete. Not 100% complete is what I'm going to say. Like, you think, hey, I that's need to one. be 100% complete to launch this thing. That's one of the biggest issues that, uh, you know, I was at Shopbox seven years. Probably one of the top issues. Uh, that prevented people from going live or getting value out of their software. These things are never going to be a hundred percent complete. Uh, just like we said, there's no perfect system. You can't make a system perfect for you. And it's never going to be, the pricing is never going to be perfect. 
The scheduling is never going to be perfect. Your own workflow on top of the tool is never going to be perfect. So if you're waiting to launch, if you pick one of these tools, you, your strategy for implementing this should be, what is the smallest piece that we can complete in six weeks? Like how much can we get set up within six weeks? And I would, you know, honestly, if it were me and I was leading the charge, I would want to bring that back inside like four weeks, but look at it. Uh, like how much can I get done in six weeks? That's what we're going to launch with. And we're going to start using the hell out of it at that point. And we'll fix the rest of it as we go. Because as we said earlier, you don't know what you don't know. And, and until you're actually using your chosen software, you're not going to know the downfalls or the workarounds or, or even, you know, just the best way to do something until you're actually neck deep and using it. You know, it's like you can watch if we back up to like your domain, Mike, like design work, you can watch all the YouTube tutorials on how to use Corel Draw or how to design a sign. But until you're actually working on a design and you're neck deep into it, like you're not you're not going to fully understand what's going on. So you don't have to be 100 percent complete to launch. And it, like a, I'll like kick that with the pricing side of it. Like it. If you're waiting until all of your products and pricing are set up, don't, you know, pick a, a few core products um, because that, that is one of the biggest challenges of all these softwares is getting it set up and running. Focus on your core products, you know, get to a, just good enough to where you're not losing money. You know, you're, you're still profitable on the pricing, but pick a certain subset of products. Like, Hey, tell your team like, okay, these five products are now okay to price inside the software. And then use as much as the rest of it as you can. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's I think that's good. Kind of kind of do a phased rollout. I I would say the the majority of the users, at least the Shopbox users that I've worked with over the years, that get it implemented and they get up and running and and they're using it for a while. I, I would I would say that the vast majority of them eventually over time will come back to the table and say, okay, we've been using this for a while. We figured out what works and what doesn't work well for us. And now we need to kind of go back to the drawing board and, and sort of start rebuilding what we've already done and fixing a lot of things. And implementing a program like this is going to be, you know, it needs to be looked at as a, as a very long-term project and it's a living, breathing organism in a way that's always evolving. So it's never, you know, you don't just set it up and you're done and you, you know, you forget about it. You're always constantly going to be massaging it and fine tuning it and tweaking it to get it, you know, where you want, you're always introducing new products and pricing is changing or you change the way you do something. So it's, it's always going to be, you know, a living project that's never fully done. And yeah, Brian's right. Like if you, if you have that expectation where we're not going to introduce this to the team and we're not going to launch it until in my mind it's done, you will never, you'll never get it launched. It's true. And we've definitely seen that with a lot of, a lot of people who just, you know, what was that was that movie Failure to Launch with like Matthew McConaughey or something? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're gonna be Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Living it. I wish I could do a Matthew McConaughey movie. voice. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. All right. I don't know if you thought of one. I got one more. Late on us. Oh, I thought I did. And let me try to read my notes. Yeah, oh man. That, that just popped into my head is is looking at the you know, comparing features of these programs too. I mean uh, you know, it's easy to look at like a feature comparison chart and, and, and try and pick the one that has the most features or the best features or whatever. But, you know, kind, kind of in the same vein as, as, as 
only, you know, rolling it out in phases and picking the most important part. I mean, don't buy based on which has just, you know, the most, the most features like, checks in those boxes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because chances are pretty good that even though it has a lot of these features, you, you might not need them. You might not want them. Um, they might not really be quite in line with the way you want it to, you know, want it to work. And also it, it, we've seen this too, with a lot of people like, okay, there's this feature there. I feel like I'm compelled to use it because it's there and I'm paying for it. So now I've got to mm. use this inventory tracking feature. Yeah, that's a good one too. Even though I don't need inventory, I, I'm, it's there. So I've got to use it and, and, well, it doesn't work the way I want it, so this whole program sucks. I'm going to cancel it, right? That happens a lot, too. We've seen that a ton. Don't don't feel compelled to use every single bell and whistle in these programs just because they're there. If you don't need it, just shut it off. Hide it in the background. Don't complicate your employees' days by making them wade through a bunch of features that don't affect them or don't don't really come into play. It's not necessary. Yeah. You know, Keep it yeah. as simple as you can. I'm going to give that one like a headline and like say that these programs should be looked at as like accelerant, like, like, <laughs> like yeah, or like a, a force multiplier or something. Like if your process, yes, they'll give you some structure and process, you know, and that's part of what Mike said, where you have to be willing to kind of bend your systems a little bit to the tool that you select. But like these guys aren't going to give you a business in a box. That's like the, one of the other yeah. caveats is like, <laughs> you, you can't buy one of these expecting it to run your shop for you. Um, and if, if you've got a, a, a failure or a big problem in your team or within your like informal, like soft systems, like working with teammates or, you know, like, Hey, this information is not getting communicated. Shavox or CoreBridge or any of these other tools, they're not going to fix that. And in fact, like they're going to magnify that yeah, problem. They're going to shine a light on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's going to be a frustrating endeavor for everybody. Yeah. That's uh, a really, that's a really good point too, is I think a lot of people go into this with the expectation that it is going to, to make fundamental foundational changes to their business. And it's, it's, it's definitely not going to do that. It still requires you to know how to run a business and it requires a, you to be, you know, active participant in that. Yeah. It's just a tool. It's, it's Correct, not yeah, anything exactly. more. It's, it's not a business in a box. Like you can't sign up for one of these thinking they're going to have pricing worked out for you. They may have like some kind of starter database, which we may or may not have had a hand in years ago. Um, but it, like, it's, it's not going to be ready to go out of the box and it's not going to run your business for you. The other one that I had, and I couldn't read my handwriting. That's how bad it is. When you're in conversations and you're talking to your sales reps or, you know, even if you're on one of these softwares already, you're going to be uh, privy to like, Hey, this update is coming soon. Or, you know, you're going to be, you may hear some things about the roadmap. Uh, we're working on this feature or this feature is coming. Take all those conversations that you hear, unless you see proof, treat it like it doesn't exist. Just put it out of the back of your mind because, and I will say it's, it's kind of a mix. Like there, there may be some fault of the company here, but it's also software development and being knee deep in that environment and working at other companies. Uh, software de development is not like building a sign where there's like a, a linear process, you know, what, you, what may look like a simple feature on the surface, once you actually get into it and 
you know, the, the architecture of the software is going to matter there as well. Like the, the choices that were made years ago when they were building the software affect the features that they're working on now. So if somebody says, Hey, this is it, we're going to have this in six weeks. And, and that is not <laughs> like ironclad. If somebody tells you that on a call or an email, it's conjecture. It's a guess. Just <laughs> do not tell your team, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Don't put any stock in it and don't base any of your decisions on it. Uh, likewise, if you're shopping now for shop management software and you're talking with a rep and they say, oh, hey, we're going to have this feature. You ask about a feature. They say, hey, we're, we, we're working on it now. It's in beta or whatever. Just put it out of the back of your mind. That's, that's not a checkbox. You know, it may be in six months. It could be 18 months. You never know. Yeah. When I entered that world of, of software development, working for Shopbox, that was, a, that was an interesting lesson I learned as well because I'm so used to the sign industry where everything is, is, is rush. Everything has a deadline. Everything is right now, 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 even, even for the biggest, most long-term sign projects. I mean, they still have a deadline that gets done. And like you said, it's a linear process that's fairly predictable. And that's software development is just a whole other ballgame. And it is a glacially slow process, especially when you're talking about apps that are as complex and big as the ones that we are. I mean, these are not, there's not simple things. And, and, and every, like, like Brian said, every feature, every little tweak that they make to it has far reaching implications on the back end of that software that as a user, you don't see, but they take, you know, a monumental amount of time to work out multiplied by however many changes and features and updates that are trying to be made at one time. And, and yeah, I mean, it's a recipe for, it's a slow process. <laughs> I'm I'm fairly certain, you know, what I, I started at Shopbox like what seven years ago now, six years ago, something like that. I'm fairly certain there's still some open tickets from my first week on the job that are still, you know, under development. So, and that's no, you know, we're not pointing the finger at the software company by saying that. It's just the nature of nature of the nature beast. of the beast. Yeah, and yeah. you know, knowing that, cut them some slack on the other side as well. Yeah, like totally, hey, like like this is. There's there's not a blueprint for what they're building. Like it's not like hey, Mike has gone through and exquisitely designed. Here's where all the nuts and bolts need to go. Uh, there, it's more akin to like building the airplane as you're in the air as you're like flying it. it. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's the best analogy I think you're going to find for software development is building the airplane while you're flying it. All right, I got one more exclamation point, and then we'll like mic drop this one. If if you're the owner of the shop. Uh, and uh, you know, probably what, like maybe 80, 90% of the people listening probably are. If you're the owner, this process is going to take a ton of your time and you have to prepare yourself accordingly. Uh, this is not a project. And, and I, I will say this, there are some conditions to this. Maybe you're not involved in the day to day anymore. Then maybe you could kind of take a back seat in this process, but if you are the owner and you are directly involved in the day-to-day -day operations of your business, this project, implementing shop management software, is going to take a large investment of your time. It is not something that you can hand off to a junior level team member or somebody new to the industry and expect good results. I stare directly into the camera as I say these things <laughs> for that reason. You cannot hand this off to somebody that you hired six months ago and expect a good result. Thank you for saying that. I, <laughs> I can't believe I, I forgot that one. I, that is, that is an excellent point. Quick anecdote. I had a fairly large sign company when I was with Shopbox. They were up in the two, three, $4 million range. 
signed up for Shotbox, and the the owner of the company put his 14 year old daughter, who never didn't had never worked in the sign industry. You know, she came in to hang out with daddy at work, and that was about it. He put her in charge of it because she's good with computers. And I mean, you can guess where that landed. I mean, yeah, they never ever quit. It. It, it, like yeah, and I had the. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have seen this ruin employees lives okay and like oh yeah. I, I i've heard these stories like firsthand secondhand the these systems again like they're a multiplier like if you get this implemented and running inside your business it's gonna like change your business 100 percent. but if you don't do it the right way or you you handle everything poorly it's going to ruin lives. Like you might lose employees over it, which I've seen happen time and time again, because it's like as the owner uh, and especially like a, you know, a lot of the guys that we talk to are not just new to the industry. Like they're 10, 20 years into it, you know, on a similar playing field as us. Uh, so if you've got 10 years of industry knowledge and you're trying to hand this off to somebody, but you don't make the time like daily, you need to make two or three hours a day, or, uh, you know, have a, like a whole dedicated day on your calendar to sit down with whoever's implementing this, whether that's yourself or uh, another team member. And you need to go through all these things like, Hey, how do I price? Uh, because there's a lot of that firsthand knowledge that a, like just doesn't make your, make its way to your team. And you well, these, start- these programs, they touch every, every corner every- of your business. I mean, they, they are very, very deep and broad in what they do. And the only person at, at your sign company that really knows, you know, has that deep understanding of, of how your business operates and, and, and how it needs to interface with these programs is you as the owner. You're the only one that does. And and it's extremely unrealistic to think that you can hand any of that off employee. I mean, I, I'm not even a fan of the owner working with a lower level employee on it. I, I really, I mean, in, in rare cases it works, but in most cases it doesn't because there's still going to be that 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 knowledge gap between the owner and that person. And no matter how much time you dedicate to it, you still can't like you know fully brain dump on that person everything that they need to know. I mean, and it and it, you know, like Brian said, we've seen it happen many, many, many times, and it it will tank the it'll tank the implementation. And it's just, I mean, to be frank, I mean, that's just it's just it's just dumb and poor business to think <laughs> that you can hand off something that's that critical to somebody who's who's not that critical, you know, of an employee. I mean, there's no other word for it. Other than that's just stupid. And, and we've seen it happen so many times. And you're, I mean, yeah, Brian's right. Like I, we've seen a lot of employees just throw up their hands and quit. We've seen a lot of failed implementations. We've seen, you know, we've seen things go sideways pretty badly because owners just don't, they don't understand that. But this is, this is a hundred percent. The owner has to be heavily, heavily, heavily involved in this process. And if you, as the owner are not, able or willing to be involved in that process, then just stop now. Don't even bother going any further with looking for these programs because you're going to fail at it. It's just, yeah. I mean, that's, that's harsh and blunt, but that's, that's the truth of it is like, as, as an owner, like you have to, if you don't just don't even bother, it's just not worth anybody's time and you're wasting everybody's time by, by trying. Yeah, even that, hiring a consultant is going to not help you unless you're yeah. involved. It's just, no. just not. Yeah, we've worked with a lot of consultants too, who who may know the sign industry really well. But like I said, every shop does things a little bit differently. So just because that sign that sign consultant or that industry consultant understands the industry, they don't understand your business the way you do. They, there's, and they may be able to push buttons and and you know make the software work, but it's probably not going to be the way you need it to work for you. And 
And if you're not involved in that process, you're just you're just throwing money down the toilet. Don't do that. Don't be that person. Yeah. Cool. Well, man, this is a good a good uh, episode to shake the cobwebs. You know, it's, it's been, almost like a topic that's near and dear to us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, like four or six weeks, or yeah, probably right before the holidays since we recorded an episode. So, you know, I was a little nervous coming into this one, but. <laughs> I, I think this was a good conversation and I, you know, I hope it's helpful to a lot of folks out there that are looking at shop management software this time of year. You know, it's a, a hugely important piece of your business. Uh, treat it with that respect, you know, give it the time and attention it deserves and it won't kick you to the curb or take your house and your dog and your car and all those things. <laughs> hey, Hey, I got a, I got a terrible dad joke for you. All right. Yeah, you, you know I'm good. Yeah, I'm game for dad jokes. What do you get if you play a country music song backwards? Oh, I know this one. You, uh, like, hey, I've already you heard get this your one. wife back, back, and your dog you back, 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 and your house yes. back, and your car back. Yes, yes. Think, Sorry, I had to do it. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that one. I love a good dad joke. I, I think I've got a whole book downstairs that somebody got me for Christmas. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. yeah. Right on, man. Well, glad to be back. I hate that we didn't have Peter for this one. I know he's got a ton of thoughts on it, but uh, good episode. If you are interested in being a guest on the podcast, look, we want to talk to you. We enjoy interviewing other guests just as much as we like talking about ourselves. So send us an email at hey at better sign shop. Or if you uh, maybe you know somebody that you think would be a good interview for the podcast, email us about them. We'll reach out to them. We'll do all the hard work there, pester them into joining the show. If you are a shop owner, uh, make sure you jump in and join our Facebook group, the Better Sign Shop Community. It is exclusively for owners and management. It's a safe space where you can talk about some of these things that we talk about on the podcast, marketing, employees, uh, management. Pricing. I know that's not allowed on a lot of other groups. We allow it in ours because it's an important piece of your business. So jump in, say hello. We've got a lot of great community members there who are on the same journey as you are. Anything else? I think we're good. Sounds good. Perfect. Getting better at that outro thing. All right, guys. <laughs> Thank you. We'll catch you on the next one. I'll see you, Mike. Bye, guys. If you liked this episode, make sure you hit subscribe to get all the latest episodes and check out our website, bettersignshop.com. Get free resources and helpful tools on growing your shop. Thanks for listening.